Welcome back to the Youth Bible in One Year, day 43. In today's passages, we see that Jesus, the Savior of the world, saved you, he saved me, he saved everyone on this earth. And we get to see the amazing way that he reached out to us through his sacrifice. On the 13th of January, 1982, Air Florida Flight 90, taking off from Washington, D.C., crashed into the Potomac River. It was winter, and the river was full of ice. The crash happened near a bridge going over the river. The TV cameras could see everything. Millions of viewers, sitting in their living rooms, watched as a helicopter overhead let down a life belt on a line to a man struggling in the water. He grabbed the line, swam to another survivor just by him, clipped the woman in, and they hoisted her up to safety. The helicopter let down the line again, and again. The man did the same thing. He swam to someone else and rescued them. He saved others before finally exhausted. He himself drowned. Why did this man not save himself? The answer is that he was out to save others. In an even more amazing way, Jesus did not save himself because he was out to save you and me. Today, focus your thoughts on Jesus, the Savior of the world, and meditate on how he saved you. From Psalm 21. The king rejoices in your strength, Lord. How great is his joy in the victories you give. You have not withheld the request of his lips. He asked you for life and you gave it to him. Surely you have granted him unending blessings and made him glad with the joy of your presence. For the king trusts in the Lord. Through the unfailing love of the Most High, he will not be shaken. Saved by God You cannot save yourself. Only God can save you. He saved you because of his unfailing love. Therefore, like David, put your trust in him today. This psalm begins with David praising God for his salvation. O Lord the King, David, will delight in your strength, and in your salvation, how greatly will he rejoice. In this passage, we see some of the many blessings that salvation includes. Answer prayer. You have given him his heart's desire and not withheld the request of his lips. Unending blessings. You send blessings of good things. You set a crown of pure gold on his head. You make him to be blessed and a blessing forever. Eternal life. He asked life of you and you gave it to him. Long life forever and evermore. Victorious living. Through the victories you gave, his glory is great. You bestowed on him splendor and majesty. Joy and gladness. You make him exceedingly glad with the joy of your presence. Thank you, Lord, that you saved me. Thank you for your unfailing love and many blessings. I put my trust in you today. New Testament from Matthew 27 Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. When he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, Don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. At that time they had a well-known prisoner whose name 
was Jesus Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, Which one do you want me to release to you, Jesus Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Messiah? But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas to have Jesus executed. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand, then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Then they led him away to crucify him. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Saved by self-sacrifice. The people of God in the Old Testament expected a Messiah, Christ. This Messiah was to reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. However, in the Old Testament, there was another stream of messianic expectation. This is seen in the suffering servant of Isaiah 40-55, who was led like a lamb to the slaughter, who would take the sin of the world on himself and die on behalf of the guilty. Nobody expected the messianic king and the suffering servant to be the same person. Yet in a breathtaking way, Jesus brought together these great messianic themes. Jesus is both the king and also the suffering servant. First, messianic king. When Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? He replied, Yes, it is as you say. The soldiers mocked Jesus, dressing him up as a king and pretending to salute him and kneel before him, hailing him, King of the Jews! Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. The religious leaders also mocked him, saying, He's the king of Israel. Matthew makes clear that the only crime of which Jesus is guilty is being the king, the Christ, Messiah, and the Son of God. Second, suffering servant. Jesus also fulfilled these prophecies. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. When he's accused by the chief priests and elders, he gave no answer. When Pilate asked him, Don't you hear the testimony they're bringing against you? Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. Jesus, the innocent, suffering servant, died in your place so that you may go free. In this sense, Barabbas represents you and me, the guilty. He's a notorious criminal. It is a question of Barabbas or Jesus. The people asked for Barabbas and put Jesus to death. Barabbas is set free. The prophecy of Isaiah about the suffering servant is fulfilled. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Although Jesus was the long-awaited king, he was not the kind of king that the people expected, such as one who would go from one great victory to another. Rather, Jesus had to deal with envy, false accusations, unjust criticism, unfairness, misunderstanding, weak authorities, mockery and insults from religious people and the secular world, even the robbers. It came from all sides. Pilate knew that Jesus was innocent. He realized that it was out of envy that they'd handed Jesus over to him. Envy is often the sin of the religious. There's a temptation to envy those whom God appears to be using more than he's using us. Pilate knew that Jesus was innocent for another reason also. His wife, 
had been warned in a dream and confirmed that Jesus was an innocent man, he foolishly ignored her advice. Ironically, the man who was to be remembered throughout history as the one responsible for the death of Jesus, crucified under Pontius Pilate, recited in the creed for hundreds of years throughout the world, tried to avoid responsibility by blaming others. I'm innocent. It's your responsibility. Jesus' blood was shed as he was flogged and handed over to be crucified. Again, ironically, those who passed by said, Come down from the cross if you're the Son of God. But Jesus died as the Lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world. The onlookers didn't understand that Jesus' self-sacrifice was voluntary. They said, He saved others, but he can't save himself. He saved you and me because he was willing not to save himself. Lord, thank you that you went through all this for me. Thank you that you chose not to save yourself in order to save me. Old Testament from Exodus 11 and 12 And when your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean to you? Then tell them, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians. Then the people bowed down and worshipped. Saved by the Lamb of God Jesus says to his disciples, As you know, the Passover is two days away and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. St. Paul writes, For Christ, our Passover Lamb, has been sacrificed. The blood of a lamb protected the people of God under the Old Covenant at the first Passover. You are far better off now under the New Covenant. The blood of Jesus, the Lamb of God, cleanses and protects you permanently. At the first Passover, a lamb had to be sacrificed. The lamb had to be without defect, pointing forward to the innocent Jesus. There is great emphasis on the blood of the lamb. The blood of the lamb without defect was to be shed as a sacrifice. When John the Baptist saw Jesus, he said, Look, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The blood of the lamb gave the people protection from God's judgment. It was the Passover sacrifice. This foreshadowed the sacrifice of Jesus. God's instruction about the Passover lamb, do not break any of the bones, was specifically fulfilled at Jesus' death. Breaking a person's legs was a way of speeding up death through crucifixion. They broke the legs of two men crucified with Jesus. But when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Where there was blood on the door frames of a house, it indicated that death had already taken place in the household. Those who obeyed God's word by putting blood on the door frames were spared. The blood of Jesus, the Lamb of God, has been shed for you and me. The Passover points forward to how Jesus died as a sacrifice on our behalf. He saved you. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus shed for me. I offer the whole of my life to you, my body and my mind, my will and all my decisions, my family and all my relationships, my finances and all you've given to me, my work and service to you. In Jesus' name, I receive the protection that comes through the blood of the Lamb over my life. Pepper adds, 
as we see in Matthew 27, one of Pilate's many mistakes was that he didn't listen to his wife. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you saved me. Help me to focus every thought I have on you today. In Jesus' name, amen.